Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. G'day, team. It's the first week of 2019, and I know many of you will have made New Year's resolutions. Maybe it's to lose weight or to put on muscle or perhaps both. Uh, Perhaps it's to join the ADF or maybe leave the ADF. Um, Both of these are equally as challenging goals. Maybe you're thinking of giving Special Forces Selection a crack or for a tactical police unit, fire brigade or some other pursuit that will become your sole focus for 2019. Maybe it's just to be better than yesterday. All right, so here's some advice. Motivation will only last for so long and it will come and go depending on a million factors that you're not in control of. But consistency, consistent application, um, a disciplined and well thought out approach that's executed as you planned it is your best chance of success. So imagine plotting it all out, a year goal, six month increments and then you know monthly requirements broken down into weekly parts and then a daily you know, schedule, that sort of thing. Anyway, this year, Warrior U is changing its approach. We're not solely focusing on helping people with ADF entry. Nope, we're expanding our sphere of influence. From now on, Warrior U is about helping people realize any mission they set for themselves. And we're going global with mentors in the UK, the USA and Europe. So keep an eye on the website as we make the changes and take advantage of the $99 one-off life membership while it's still available. It won't be available much longer. Just some housekeeping before we get into the episode. A quick shout out to Ringers Western, who are this week's sponsor. They're going from strength to strength, as you probably know. If you head to just about any rural town, you'll see trendy country folks sporting their gear and it's making its way to the city. Uh, I was in the city Christmas Eve, saw a guy walk past in a Ringers Western shirt. Gave him a shout out, shook his hand, said a few things. Anyway, check out the website and use the code WARRIOR10 for 10% off. Um, A shout out to a few people too who've left some five-star reviews on iTunes. AB wrote, yeah, look at this, good all-round info from leadership to nutrition, business ownership to sleeping. Well done. Thanks, AB. Appreciate it, mate. Um, SledDog01, great work, Bram. Look forward to many seasons in the future. Uh, Yeah, me too. Um, we're getting better as we go. I think you'll agree. Well, I hope you agree. Uh, Bradstagram, hilarious, gritty, real, and brutally honest. Um, yeah, I'll take that. That's good. That's probably what we're trying to achieve. So thanks to everyone who leaves a five-star review. Uh, we've nearly 200 five-star reviews now and a few four-star reviews and one one-star. Thanks for that. Um, but, you know, crack on, leave a review if you like uh, the content. And keep the support up. It um, helps keep us going. Righto. This week's guest is former Special Forces physical training instructor, Ricky Dumigan. As well as having served in the Navy and the Army for a total of 17 years, Ricky also played representative rugby around the world. He's currently living in Japan, where he's the strength and conditioning coach for the Rico Black Rams rugby team after working for both the Brumbies and the Melbourne Rebels. We discuss all manner of training things. Uh, apologies for the standard of recording on this one. The phone line wasn't great, but in the future, these interviews will be a lot crisper and clearer. Thanks to my sponsors again, Ringers West and Aussie Strength and Brother Shave, who've helped me purchase some new equipment. 
All right, let's get on with the show. What job are you doing over in Japan, Ricky? Uh, I'm head of strength and conditioning at one of the rugby clubs here. So the Japan top league is a... Oh, it's quite big here now. Rugby's big in Japan at the moment because obviously the World Cup is going to be here next year. Uh, but I've been here... This is my second season over here. So um, do all of our head our strength and conditioning. Okay. Um, so Matt Cobain, who's... A, an ex-Wallaby eye coach with at the Melbourne Rebels. He's our head coach and um, he t- touched base, oh, well, yeah, two years ago now and hit me up and said, mate, um, there's a position over here. You can do a bit of coaching as well. So I'm doing a little bit of coaching as well, but uh, my main role is just uh, all head of strength and conditioning, yeah. And are you enjoying that? Mate, I am. I love it, yeah. It's nice. Um, I've always, rugby's always been my probably number one passion. So, yeah. Um, and then when I left, when I left the army, my first gig at the Brumbies. Uh, then I went to the Melbourne Rebels. So um, it's nice to be back in rugby full time. Yeah, and uh, mate, it's different. It's a totally different culture. So my yeah. family's up here, living up here with me as well, which is lovely. So girls go to the international school. Um, yeah, mate, it's good. Yeah, Japan's a pretty cool place. It's pretty safe. And, uh, customer service is amazing. Yeah, you know, it's, the food's amazing. Yeah, no, it's it's good. We're enjoying it. <clears throat> and what is it? What does a um, a normal day look like for for you for you and the family? Uh, so, mate, kids pedal to school. Uh, my wife is doing a bit of work up at the school too, so she she takes the kids to school. Mate, I'm I'm normally in work by oh seven thirty. We have a staff meeting at eight. Then, depending on what day of the week it is, in terms of when we play our game, but. We normally go into meetings of review, review a game or preview our next game. Uh, boys and then in the gym uh, throughout the day there. If they're not getting treatments, they're just relaxing or in other meeting, one-on-one meetings with coaches. And then we're out on field, yeah. So um, in the middle of the week, we'll, we'll have a day off. Yeah. Um, so t- today being our game, so we've got a Friday night game. Mm. So it is really structured then? Mate, very structured, yeah. Um yeah, it's it's quite easy to to map your day out, you know, and where times that uh, you know if I want to put a window aside to read or mm. go to the gym myself or whatever it be, you know, you can do that quite easily. How many years did you do in the army? Uh, all up, mate. I had seventeen years, both navy and army. Mm. So I initially joined, mate. I joined as a musician, and then I transferred to the army in two thousand. Um, did my PT course 2005. Um, yeah, started 2005. Went to two commando, or which was four area. Uh, end of 2005, and then left the end of 2007. Yeah, and that's that's um, when I first came across you was in was in four hour commando when I was on I was on team that that year, and I distinctly remember some of the torsion bar workouts by the old gym. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, by the old gym before they moved, yeah. Yeah, what would be called... Um, I mean, really, these were metabolic conditioning CrossFit-type workouts that we were doing in 2005, six. you know? Yeah, mate, definitely. I think, for me, it's a big thing. There was probably a strength endurance aspect there the whole time. And, you know, I was influenced by uh, Glenn Falkart, who was the sergeant PT at the time. So, yeah. um, certainly had my own thoughts on on what to do things and you, you always look back I'd reflect back now and think well what would I do differently mm. um, but mate for a base and the equipment that we had 
mm. uh, that yeah. was that was suffice. I think you know it was probably you know now being in in a strength and conditioning role with professional athletes and studying through all that period, I think well, you'd go back and certainly do things a lot differently. So with a um, with a young with a young guy who who might be an in infantry, let's say, um, or wider wider army, or defence, who's looking to go to SAS or to commando, is is CrossFit is a, is a CrossFit sort of regime daily workouts of Olympic lifting and metabolic conditioning enough, or is there is it such a specific type of job and role that you need to then do the long slow distance stuff because. I've got it. I'm fitter now than I ever was in the military, and I and the fitness that I do is a mix between CrossFit type lifting and and triathlon. So, so I think I had it wrong all those years for twenty something years. Yeah. Well, mate. Well, I think I think you need a strong cardio base, um, and I think with a strong cardio base, you know, strength and power and so forth can be developed on top of that. So, mm. you know, if you're doing your triathlon, there's your there's your endurance cardio base ricky that's not something that i necessarily train much in either anymore like the the cardio like i've got a big low down engine i can just sit on 140 beats a minute and just either turn the legs over or jog you know at five minute 45 k's for for 20 30 40 k but when you start adding weight to that like during a metcon you know I'm fragged at the moment because I'm not conditioned for that. But 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 it doesn't translate so much, does it? You can't take the long slow distance stuff that I'm naturally good at and then just accept that you're going to be able to do thrusters all day. Oh, mate, exactly. And you know, it's and that's the thing where we talk about specificity. You know, mm. um, and and what. You know that that's the what roles and responsibilities am I performing at that level to be able to uh, train specifically for? So um, you know I, I'm the same. I always played rugby. I, I'd be struggling to get through 30 minutes of playing rugby now because it's just the effort of you haven't trained specifically for it. But uh, you know if they said we're if I took all my athletes and said we're doing a 5k road run tomorrow, there wouldn't be many that'd be in front of me. Mm. Um, so. <clears throat> Yeah, I do. I think there is there's an element there that um, needs to be specific. Certainly, the CrossFit stuff, mate. I mean, yeah, you look at those guys, and they are a balance across strength, across power. Um, you know, they, there is an endurance element in there as well. So, uh, I've never I've never been a CrossFitter myself, but I've always um, I've always used my Olympic lifts to maintain strength. You know, a few I think a few injuries and so forth. That, that's some, Put put limits to that, but um, certainly your, your big lifting, like your deadlifting, your cleans or high pulls and things like that, uh, are, are big elements and moving stuff overhead. So yeah, your thrusters. And so, to get back to that specific sort of question with um, CrossFit and uh, and some speed work, it's probably not enough, is it, for for a guy wanting to go into SF selection because you're going to need to have that that endurance ability to walk long distances with heavy loads that just saps your body, doesn't it? Yeah, and mate, they're totally different energy systems too that we're mm. using. So, um, you know, when you get into that metabolic, uh, if you're doing a CrossFit or AMRAP or whatever it be, that, um, you, you know, you, you're going to go lactic a lot quicker than what you will over a, over a long course endurance event. So, mm. um, 
yeah, I think there needs to be an element there that that's got to be into it. So, you mm. know, you've still got to put a, a pack on and stomp mm. for hours on end. And is the, is the old SF training, 12-week, 20-week training program still the best thing to get a guy through it? Or is there what, – what are your thoughts on that these days? I see you smiling there, so you obviously – Yeah. Look, I know it's changed and there's been – I think it's been updated. So it got updated probably two or three times when I was involved, but um, – Oh, I there's a thing. I think there's got to be some progressive overload in your training. Um, so I think there can be an element that's changed there. That program, you know, looking back on it now, I knew lots of guys that had done that program, and I, I ended up doing it myself with some mates that were training uh, for selection at the time before I before I um, became a PDI. And I think the longevity, like, I just like joints, like uh, you know. The old 30, 15, 8, 4, 4 supersetted with the, you know, the antagonist, antagonist muscle groups. Um, the salt marsh you know, It takes its toll in the end. So yeah. I, I, I think there's some elements of it that are, that are worthwhile, but I think, you know, there is there needs to be some more in there. Um, and, you know, that's where a CrossFit two-week block in the middle of that could be doing well. But certainly, I mean, 12 weeks, I think you could be smarter and train in potentially in eight to ten weeks, mm. um, just depending on how you're cycling that. Mm. A lot of science says these days that we, we want to maintain performance levels rather than tapering when mm. we're going into competition phase. So, you know, um, there used to be a tapering week on the back end of that before you'd go and do selection. Um, a lot of science is telling us now that we, we don't want to taper, we want to maintain momentum and go through. So... Um, you know, but that's just my thoughts on it. Another strength and conditioning coach or PDI will have his own different thoughts on it. But mm. And also, I mean, it's up to the individual. Yeah. I'm a totally different sized athlete uh, or body shape uh, to some young whipper who's come in at, uh, you know, 19, 20, he's had a couple of years in the army and he's looking to do selection. Mm. Um, so, yeah, once again, down to the specificity of, of the person, uh, and the training age, I suppose, of where you've been before you go and yeah. try to. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with everything you said. And, and certainly after years of training, I realized that for me, you know, what I what I need is things like instead of the old, because I don't respond to sets of 12, you know, <laughs> I just don't. Whereas, you know, and fatiguing on the 11th and 12th rep and then doing 20 push-ups in between every set. Like I respond to five by fives and I mean that fifth one is going to be an all or nothing rep and then might be three minutes between, you know, between sets. I don't respond necessarily to long, slow distance because I'm just, I'm naturally, that's naturally what I do, but I respond really well to you know, FASO 800s and 400s and sprint sessions and things like that. And that seems to translate to my bottom end um, endurance as well. Um, yeah, totally. And look, there's some overlaps there that, mm. that happen, you know. Um, and if you think just basic in terms of cardio based, you know, long distance runners are not necessarily just running long distance. Mm. Uh, mm. They're doing they're doing smaller uh, anaerobic top-ups and so forth. Yeah, so fart, fart leg training and... And tempo, exactly. tempo running, and things like that. And I, I do think there's a, there's got to be a degree of, yeah, specificity, specificity, um, to SF training, um, especially with the swimming. And and it's almost like don't go and just go and swim for the sake of swimming. If you've got to do a four hundred meter in cams, then you need to know what that feels like. 
Yeah, well, exactly. And, mm. you know, I remember doing that the first time and thought, you know, and I'm a competent swimmer. I'm, I'm certainly not, um, mm. uh, you know, I'm, it's not my strongest leg. Um, but, yeah, doing that the first time, and I was absolutely cooked. Mm. Um, mm. So, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, that comes down to that, you know, my, if I've got to do it, then I'll need to train for that. And then you've got to back that up with a with a 3.2 maybe after it, which is... 3.2 and, and then on top, and then 15. short turn around again, we chuck a pack on again and go and do our stomp. Yeah, so you're doing... And so if you, you could be training all that stuff in isolation over 12 weeks and then the day the day of the race and you, you finish the 3.2 and you're not going to finish that 15K or you're going to be a mess at the end of it. Yeah, exactly. Because you haven't done anything that's lasted longer than two and a half hours. Yeah, and I think that's where that, you know, talking about being specific and how we do it um, comes into it, certainly um, <clears throat> being able to yeah, perform that. But I think mean, there's a lot of mindset too that you can talk about during that phase as well. Don't want to get off track with it. But, um, yeah, if you haven't trained, the transition to do it, it's the same, you know, you with your triathlons. If you haven't transitioned your – or if you haven't trained uh, to transition off the bike to go and run – then uh, you, when it actually comes to the performance aspect of it, you, you're going to struggle to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's a massive shock when you when you first do that, the first time you do it. Um, yeah, I've got a race in five weeks that I haven't trained for at all, an Olympic distance race that I'm, I'm just starting to train for now, so it'll be five weeks. But rather than train all individual parts of it, I'm going to do high-intensity interval training, um, which I have been already doing some, and just, tr- just um, do two... To basically do a swim, then a run, and then a, and then on the next day it might be a ride, then a run, then a ride, and the next day it might be a swim, then a ride, then a swim, things like that, just so that there's that um, progression. Yeah, what what is one of the things that what, what's one of the things that you've worked out since leaving the military with regards to fitness that you probably didn't know at the time that you've had an, like an aha moment or something like that? Uh, mate, probably a couple of light bulb moments there. Um, certainly understanding. Progressive overload. Mm. Uh, you need progressive overload to uh, to become better. Mm. Um, probably just periodizing how I periodize my programming uh, mm. for a competition phase, and then you know when I did my PT course, they were starting to look at more of a rehabilitative phase and um, mm. injury prevention, and so forth. Uh, I, I was lucky. I was, I've never been a big stretcher. Uh, used to just yep. If I was going for a run, I'd start a bit slower and then I'd just wind up and go. So in terms of that, I think probably those three biggest ones and mm. we'll go ahead. Um, you know, we talk a lot about mobility these days, having that pre-movement pattern and mechanics and so forth happening before we lift in the gym or before we run. And then the big thing is the recovery phase. Certainly the athletes I'm dealing with now, we spend a lot of time uh, emphasising our, our recovery and whether that's, Bit of old school static stretching, partner assisted stretching. Um, you know, we're in the luxury that we get our guys have a flush mass massage. Uh, we're doing myofascial releasing, uh, and then you know we're contrast bathing as well. So the hot colds and so forth. Mm. Um, I think it's got putting it all together. Uh, that's the big thing. So certainly, I look at that now, and even my training. Uh, you know, I do things a lot smarter than what I did when I was a PTI. Mm. Um, I warm up correctly now. I probably work for a shorter period of time, but my intensity level is up. Mm. Um, and, you know, I always spend time stretching now. And, and that's probably a big big thing as you're getting older. Certainly I noticed, you know, I'm 41 now, but I reckon I'm just as fit as what I was probably 35 when I was 
it's just how, how you do things. So that's certainly a lot smarter way for me and it, and it works for me. Mm. Yeah, you're saying that you're 41 now and probably as fit as you were when you were 35. Um, has your nutrition changed very much in that time? Uh, yes, yeah, so I've always been a healthy eater, I think. Um, probably being more aware of what foods give me more energy and, and what mm. makes me feel sluggish and heavy and when and where to eat, mm. I think has been a big thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I did look at nutrition um, and studied it quite a, a lot more in probably 2011, 2012 when I was working at the Melbourne Rebels. Mm. Uh, we had a lot of young Polynesian boys. Mm. Um, in our program, so it became became vital to educate them on that, and certainly also I had to go and and one, you know, a Polynesian diet was totally different to how you and I eat. Mm. Um, but under, understanding when the appropriate time to eat is, whether pre training, post training, what I'm eating post training, um, certainly moved away from three big square meals. Mm. Um, you know, I do snack constantly more throughout the day. Mm. Um, whether it's a piece of fruit or I'm, I noticed you when we logged on mate you've got your nuts there with your water and mm. you know I'm the same mm. always in my office so um, yeah I'm snacking mm. I'm snacking a lot more and the portion sizing what I'm eating over my three main meals or mm. in particular probably more so lunch and dinner uh, are big things so yeah it's a vital part these days I think and and certainly for peak performance nutrition plays a heavy part in that do you use my fitness pal or anything to track the calories or, or micro macros? Uh, no, I don't myself personally, but we certainly do with some of the athletes we're dealing with. Um, I've been quite lucky. I've, I've always been quite lean. I've, I've never really had to hmm. worry about my weight fluctuating as such or anything. But um, from an energy point of view, yes, we do look at that. Hmm. Um, but personally, personally, I don't. But d- definitely with the athletes that I'm dealing with now, uh, the timing. Hmm. Uh, of getting those windows right when we're eating. Mm. What about uh, tools? And it certainly helps. What about tools to track, um, like garments and things like that, track efforts and distances and all that sort of stuff? Do you do you, you do you subscribe to anything like that for the for the players, or is that something that you would say that the SF candidates should be looking at? Do you know what I would do, and, and I think certainly be interesting to do. We use GPS sports, so our guys are wearing a GPS uh, every field session that we do. So Part of my programming across the week, I'm looking at our constant loading. Uh, in rugby, I've got guys who are 120 kilos and six foot through to a bloke who's 5'10 and 80 kilos. Um, so there's a different load there, so I have to manage that training load. I think it'd be very interesting to see GPS uh, put on guys doing selection uh, for all physical activity and monitor their training loads. And it's also, for me, it's an injury preventive tool. We can get down to the nitty and gritty and understand that, you know, someone might be loading up on on one side of their body more uh, if they're then showing signs and symptoms of a little bit of chronic fatigue. Uh, then we know that, um, you know, they're at a risk factor there. Mm. Um, and, you know, and along with that, we've got a wellness report. So guys come in and, and update a little wellness data report every morning. So we're looking at sleep quality, muscle fatigue, um, Stress levels, and that would I think that would be significantly. Well, it'd be it'd be really interesting to see on selection uh, mm. whether there was a time and place for it to happen. Um, and certainly looking back, I think of a big period we were doing some lead up training in two thousand and seven. You know, and we were just full throttle Monday to Friday. Blokes would be off Saturday, Sunday. We'd come back in Monday to, Monday to Friday, full throttle. Mm. 
and I don't think we really were probably smart in the terms of monitoring that load. So, you know, those boys deploying, I, I often think I wonder, did they go in fatigued or did they go in in peak physical condition? So mm. going back on that now, I think it'd be a great tool to have. Um, yeah, understanding more how guys are feeling and if some guys are sluggish, then you, then you can look at all the variables and you can look at his GPS. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Data. You can check his wellness and see exactly where he's at. Who trains, who trains harder? A, uh, the National Counter-Terrorist Team or the, or the Rebels? <laughs> Mate, daily different aspects there, but I oh, look. There's some boys. Oh, I mean, there were some boys that um, that at two command day, mate, would have tear people apart in professional sporting era, uh, mm. from what I've seen. Um, but then we're, I've dealt with some guys who are extremely, extremely powerful. Uh, you know, um, yeah. body to weight ratio. Um, mm. So uh, very hard to compare. Mm. Um, there's rumours that George but, that George Gregan used to be able to. Had the had the had one of the biggest squats of anyone in the Australian rugby team. Yeah, uh, no, I know for a fact that he was benching. He used to be on an incline bench one fifty. Now the guy was probably only my size. He wouldn't have been much heavier. He was only around eighty two kilos. So you know, yeah, incredible strength for that. Yeah, I remember, but um, like Luke Walsey, I remember he was a fantastic athlete. That boy, mm. um, he could run. He was. Big, he was strong. Mm. Uh, yeah, he was he the was, the epitome of the Spartan warrior, wasn't he? He certainly really? was, mate. Yeah. Um, mm. And I remember the first time we we did a two point four, and I just before the boys were deploying, I said, "If anyone can beat me, and I'll put a keg on for the boys before we left." So they were wondering where the turnaround was because we marked a new track out. So I said, "I'll put the cone down on the turnaround and uh, run back." And he was pushing me, pushing me. I don't think I've – that'll be one of the times I, I think I've actually gone nearly full noise to push myself to limits. Just so – I didn't have to shout the beer, but, you know, he's a bloke who was – you know, he would have been 100 kilos. And just for those, lis- just for those six, listening, what time – what time what time, what time to 2.4s were you doing back then? I, I know it, but it's going to be interesting to hear you say it. Uh, I was sub eight Yeah. for the 2.4. But it was a, it was a long was way under eight, though. Beg your pardon? It was a long way under eight, though, as I recall. Yeah, uh, yeah well, I think the best was around 728, 727, around there. Yeah, because um, I, was, I, was, you know, I was no slouch over 2.4, but I was, you know, at, at my very best, an 850. So I still wasn't seeing you finish. <laughs> People, yeah, well, it's such a weird, mate, it's such a weird distance because it, when, you, when you're going out at a three minute 10, kilometer three minute 20 kilometer it feels sustainable for the first 500 600 meters and then it just slowly draws you in and then before you know it you're at four minutes a kilometer which is still absolutely flying in anyone's books but you're not holding that and and then the last 
200 meters no. it's like there's just nothing there it, it is an awkward distance actually when you think about it. And i think you could probably maintain that for probably 1.9 1.8 1.9 in the back 500 600 meters mm. is tough isn't it? especially when, if you're just doing an out and back uh track which we which we did from a lot of the time um i increased my 2.4 times by doing um 20 sets of 400s with with you know two two to five minutes rest in between and i would do that twice a week for 10 weeks like it would be it was a big undertaking to knock to knock 20 or 30 seconds off a 2.4 is an absolutely mammoth effort that takes time and dedication people just don't get that and and loss of body fat because you do because for every kilogram of body fat that you're carrying that you shouldn't be carrying you you that's 15 20 seconds yeah mate and you're exactly right i think the um you know and there's that there's what you're talking about before a bit of overlap you know mm. rather than going out and just trying to constantly beat a time look for alternatives and you know you go and do that um mm. the 2400s and you know that's a big effort uh it, it works and it does i mean i still do uh with my guys every season very mundane task but we see we see change quite quick but we're just doing 100 repeats on the on the minute turnaround mm. i bring those down to a 45 second turn so uh depending on what we are we try and run always all those subs sub 20 seconds um you just build the load in terms of the number that you're doing it uh, and then the rest ratio increases the you know as you increase your cardio levels mm. but um uh, one of the tests we do is a 1200 test, so but we do it in a shuttle. Um, so five efforts, you're out to a 20, out to a 40, out to 60, and back, and that's and that's one. So five of those, and um, times would be quicker if they just did a straight 1200 meter run. Mm. Uh, but it's the turning, it's the changing direction, and turning. Mm. And, uh, for me to increase that, we yeah, we just go and do a bit of basic training, and mm. you know, sounds easy, it's 20 minutes. So you're just doing 100 meter effort every minute, but if you're maintaining the mains under a 20 second interval, um, yeah, it's tough. You know, it creeps up with you quite quickly. Mm. Yeah, no, that is tough. And what about you know for 3.2 for 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 a guy who needs to do a webbing run 3.2 sub 16 minutes? Um, you know, I, I I prescribe things like you know um, 800s. With, with webbing on with with a couple of minutes rest in between and, and try and find a, you know, you need to work out what time you need to run the 3.2 in and then work out what pace you need to be able to run it and then run that pace for 800s to get used to running at that pace and then slowly increase the distance every couple of weeks to 850, 900, 1000, 1000 you know, like that. But it, it's a long process to get a guy sub 16 if he's not, you know, if he doesn't have that blooming metabolic conditioning or the or or the ability to 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 turn you know oxygen and and take in big amounts of oxygen and turn you know use that um what is it lactic energy source yeah I've, i i think the um you know one of those i think the, in the old training program they used to be the four by one k efforts mm-hmm. uh and you want us to one rest so if you if you're rowing those out in a four thirty or five minute whatever it be uh, you know, you'd do that as a turnaround in your in your rest period. Does it work? I think there's still a lot in that. Um, and then you know, it was four efforts, so it's actually more than what the three point two is, obviously. Um, so you're getting that little bit of overload. One way I think you can do it, and you could still probably stick to that, but then the period 
is just reduce the rest period cycle. Mm. Uh, so you're getting used to, and as you say before, you have to understand what the time is required and the tempo that you need to be doing. So checkpoints, mm. and I'm presuming they still do it now. Um, you know, they've got 1K, 2K marks, so you can be checking your, your splits when you need to be in across it. So, but understanding that the tempo you need to be at and maintaining, yeah, there's a lot in it. Mm. Um, and then, you know, a big thing which we looked at too recently, and this is one thing I wish I'd uh, wish I'd probably done more so too when I was a PT and something I'd do better now if I went back into, is understanding of just how to, how to breathe and rhythmically breathe while you're doing an, an event. Mm. And, you know, we can still work at a really high tempo in a controlled state mm. by focusing on our breathing. Mm. Um, and that would be something that I'd look at if I went back and had my time again to be able to do it because mm. certainly with, as I say, with athletes, we talk a lot here now about mindset, performance mindset, what it is. And a lot of that uh, comes down to being able to anchor yourself through your breathing. Mm. I'd like I'd like PDIs to know more about mitochondria and and how everyone's a bit different with that, you know, with those sort of that energy and how that works and how you can build more mitochondria through training, through heat adaptation or, you know, um, working at altitudes and doing sp- and sprints and things like that and, and, f- and certain foods and things, things because it makes a big difference to the individual athlete. I, I agree with you. I look at that. Um, I studied with a chap by the name of Darren Burgess who was with the Socceroos and went to Port Adelaide. So a lot of the AFL teams were doing altitude training. And they were certainly seeing the adaptations that they had from that with their athletes. Yeah. Uh, he went the other way and took um, pre-season, did a pre-season in Dubai. Uh, so they were doing all their... Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Aerobic. Yeah, so all their anaerobic, aerobic pre-season training, they did it in the heat in Dubai. That year, they worked it out and they were running over teams in the fourth quarter for the simple fact that VO2 max had been significantly increased through the heat and stress levels through heat. Yeah. Um, so there, there is a huge in it, but then once again, you know, you have to, you have to understand you, you and I are different. You might be, um, you might be someone that can cope well in, in a, uh, in a really hot environment. Uh, whereas I might be totally different. Um, yeah. I can run better on a hotter day than what I can on the cup. Yeah. Uh, I know that, um, everyone's different to what they need. So as you say, it's understanding the individual and, looking at what's best for the individual to be able to do it. And certainly from the perspective, if you're getting advice from your PDI before you're going to do selection or you're looking at doing the course and so forth, you know, that's one one big thing that you need to be looking at. Uh, you know, what bike, a watt bike is a wonderful tool. Whoever invented the watt bike needs a plotting. Mate, you can do some significant training on that thing. Yeah, so you're a fan of the watt bike? Yeah, mate, I am. Uh, you know, it's a wonderful conditioning tool. It's a wonderful rehab tool. I can get people who are off feet. You know, guys that need top-ups. Uh, and I look at that, mate, I can do three minutes on a watt bike and, and get same aerobic output than what I could do with someone in in a 40-minute period. Jeez, um, is that right? So, or definitely, you know, if you took in terms of heart rate, uh, it's low impact, high output areas in terms of, aerobic capacity so if i go and buy a watt bike and and use use that incorporate that now with my strength and conditioning 
um, and then run off the watt bike, is that going to translate for triathlon to me? Uh, certainly from an output level, it would. Mm. Um, you're going to, you, you will see some crossover for sure. Um, mm. You know, one of the big... I'm going to buy one today. I'm going to buy a watt yeah, bike I today. Yeah, I think the... Um, <laughs> buy a watt bike. Certainly the... Mate, well, you can train. That's a great thing with it too. Like, you know, if a day if you are feeling a little bit fatigued, I can just adjust the the, the wattage per kilogram, the mm. body weight, that mm. wherever you, heavier you are. Mm. Um, or I can, you know, once again, I can put some overload into that and and, and adjust and add more. Um, Do you think it's better than a rower? Uh, Different. Great, great question. I, I'm a fan of both. I still do a lot of work on the rower. Um, mm. Certainly, overall body wise. Uh, you're still getting you're getting that upper element in the in the in the concept too, mm. um, yeah, and that's probably more strength endurance rather than aerobic anaerobic mm. uh, pure mm. uh, that you'll get on the watt bike. So, mm. mate, still great two great tools. Mm. <clears throat> mm, 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 mm. What tips have you got for guys who are who are training themselves? Got young guys who are training themselves. I think you need one. You got to have a goal. Mm. Um, so you can't just train for training. Really sake. That, what's that? Don't just train for training sake. Yeah, don't just train for training sake, exactly. Um, you've got to have specific goals. Um, you've got to have an end goal, then you've got to have uh, little micro goals along the way on the journey that you do. Mm. You'll be able to tick those off regularly and have those in sight constantly. Mm. Um, and then I think the biggest thing is if you're not, if you're not challenged in your, in your training and so forth, then you've got to look and make adjustments um, mm. to, to be a better one in a physical performance level state you've got to have overload mm. uh, so your program must have overload and by i mean by that obviously is that um you know if this week i'm just looking at doing uh basic running i'm going to cover 30 k's then i've got to have a week whether i either match that whether it's three 10 clickers or i do that in two hard 15s mm. that's overload mm. or uh do i do it over five five blocks mm. 6k efforts that are a lot shorter a lot sharper maintaining intensity um same within the gym you know am i building up to match body weight you know i've uh, i've just come back into getting back in the gym myself and one of the things i've been doing i'll just be able to bench bench from body weight again um <clears throat> squat 1.5 uh, and chin up to assisted chin, 30 kilos, unassisted, I should say, 30 kilos. Mm. And I do that in a cycle, just 10 to 1. Mm. So 10, 10 of them, 9, 8, 7, all the way down, mm. um, just coming back from a shoulder injury. So, you know, I've had to build, build, build to get to that. I can't just maintain 60 kilos for a certain period of time until mm. you build up. You've got to, I've got to be able to challenge that and go, go on with it. So uh, this morning, I, I did that circuit again and, you know, I've been able to get to, I'm, you know, I'm weighing in at 78 kilos, but uh, being able to bench your body weight. So it's 55 reps all up, obviously. So um, being able to do that over that period of time, that ha just hasn't happened. Mm. Uh, I've had to build to that again. So, mm. But that's been a goal. Uh, so I've had that as a target focus. And, Ricky, you know, and I think the other thing is the training-wise, it needs to be enjoyable. If mm. you're not enjoying training, then you need to be doing something like that. Probably lastly, the last tip would be more so to have train the th train the muscle groups or train the things that you don't enjoy the most at the start of the week, where you're going to be a lot more motivated. Mm. That's that leads me into the question, Ricky: Is it motivation or consistency? Which one's which for you? Uh, me, it's 
it's a habit for me. It's consistency. I need to do it. If I don't train daily, if I don't do some form of physical activity daily, and normally at the start of my day, um, I, I just have an ordinary day. I'm not as mm. I'm not as vibrant. I'm not as I don't have as much concentration. I don't get through the tasks that I need to do through the day. Mm. You know, I feel that I'm chasing my tail. Um, uh, morning routine for me. Um, I like I try and get up early as mm. I can. Uh, I'm a big reader, so. Uh, mate, I'm a coffee and a read. Mm. Uh, then I'm, then it's into you know kids and so forth. Kids morning routine there to, to try and assist and get them off to school. Mm. But uh, mate, I'm quite lucky. I'm I'm a three minute bike ride to where I work from mm. from my house. Um, but mate, I'm I'm big on affirmations. So uh, I have probably five to six affirmations, and they change regularly. Mm. Uh, that I'll say. As I just pedal into work, mm. um, and I do them as I am statements or I will, mm. uh, so they're quite powerful mm. in terms of it's just not uh, I mm. want to be or mm. I'd like to be. Mm. Uh, I mm. am going to be, um, yeah. And then you know that's it. I'm into my normal day at work. Then um, mm. I like the affirmations. I'm going to explore that a little bit more. I think that's got some definite benefits for mental resilience and toughness for people developing themselves in the future the light bulb came for me mate after i left the rebels i was doing a bit of work for mates and mates the charity uh for wounded engineer veterans mm. um and met a uh sapper curtis mcgrath who mm-hmm. curtis uh lost both his legs in afghan mate super super human went on to become a gold medalist rio and power canoeing but mm. I ended up uh, running the Kokoda Trail in New Guinea as a fundraiser for him and mate, did it under 30 hours. And I basically, I the light bulb for me was I'd actually probably train myself better mentally than, or I was in better mental condition than what I was physically. And mm. that was just for the fact of having mental imagery, visualisation. Uh, you know, mm. I'd been lucky I'd trekked Kokoda a number of times before, but I knew exactly where I wanted to be at certain times and I would constantly be saying it to myself along the whole way. Um, mm. Yeah, and my, I th- it's huge. I think it's huge. I think you'll see a lot more in professional sport. I think there's a lot more that could be in all young people joining, um, you know, and that's probably whether that comes from a PDI being encouraging during your mm. at, at Kapuka or whether you're on selection or whether or we talk about mental imagery and, people being resilient and so forth. Mm. Yeah, it's a good tool. And once you get to understand it a lot more now, I think it's something that can change mm. your thought process and make you achieve or make you believe that you can achieve a lot more. Hey, it'd be great to have you as one of the one of the mentors on on Warrior You for the young guys coming through just so you could chuck in some comments every now and again in the forums page. Um, especially around the physical training. Um, the Warrior U program was designed, the training program was designed by a friend of mine who's an Olympic lifting and CrossFit um, coach. And yep. it was designed around getting people from zero to hero with regards to getting off the couch and then getting into the military. And then the next two years worth of training after that is for SFDRS type um, training. But the thing that we're sort of lacking is that that PDI sort of thought process of hey this is this this needs to be applied to your training on top of what you're doing or you know because it is a very individualistic thing yeah totally i mean i'd love to uh i'm happy to help out there's um and you're right that is the thing so and obviously gender is a big thing now too so mm, mm. young girls looking at joining and yep. and um 
Yeah, which is good. You know, body makeups are totally different, and mm. uh, so it, yeah, it's something that needs to be specific and it needs to be tailored. And it's it. You cannot generalize programs um, that people can follow and get results from, but yeah, there needs to be some specificity in there as well. So, mate, yeah. I'd be more than happy to help out. Great. And when are we going to see the Ricky Dumigan podcast? <laughs> I did. I touched base with that too. We got in touch, uh, didn't we? Um, mate, I've I've recorded a couple. Uh, I'll take your advice, but I need to get the library happening before I launch it. So um, mm. I'm hoping to still be around here for the Rugby World Cup next year. Um, so, mate, it'll coincide because it's more around that. Just It's good, isn't it? It's a good creative outlet. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, and it's made me think, and I think you, you do. You know, I've learnt things from the people that mm. I've, I've done some interviews with already that mm. go, wow, I've never actually considered that myself. Mm. And that would actually really, really work well in my program. So, mm. Yeah, mate, it is. It's a um, yeah, it's been enjoyable. So I've got to doing this with you today, mate, has uh, kicked me into gear. So I've got to line yeah. up and do a few more before I before yeah. I launch. And I'm I'm going to put together a few few a few mates like yourself and and Leroy Four and a few other dudes and and make like this you know this world class podcast where we all get together in a studio somewhere and then just grill people about their performance. Um, Leroy's. Uh, the the fit dad yep. lot yeah you, you know Leroy and he and he's doing great things um and then you know yourself as well and there's more to be gained from from us reaching out to a wide population over podcast and being positive and showing them how you know these veterans have moved forward and 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 done these things yeah mate, absolutely and and also I think uh, you can still go on and do great things people like leaving the military mm. get quite depressed obviously and, it's, mm. and it is a big thing but uh, mm. I followed Dan Pronk uh, mm. on Insta mm. and I'm sure you've come across Pronky mm. uh, I actually went to school with him uh, and didn't realise that you know he'd gone through a really dark patch himself you look mm. at this guy and think that mm. uh, true alpha male and uh, he's got it all and he's mm. done it all but mm. Uh, mm. he's gone through some things but I love his approach though it's a regrowth it's another regrowth period and, mm. you know certainly since I've left the military. I've probably never read so much in my life or just done professional development as such. Mm. I wish I'd probably stayed in a little bit longer and done more professional development in there mm. um, to better, better yourself to be prepared when you do finally leave and so forth. But it's never too late. You're right. And, yeah, there's so much. We never stop learning. Uh, that's the great thing, to be able to become better. It's probably the secret to life, mate, personal development. It's probably as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I heard a great someone saying the other day that your car can be one of your best resources. Mm. You know, we, we tend to lot have a lot of time like we're, we're driving in traffic or whatever it be mm. or, you know, am I listening to audio books and am I listening to podcasts and, mm. 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 and am I taking things away from that? Yeah, that's yeah, right. So. Yeah. Cool, Ricky. All right, man, I'm going to let you get on with uh, the day. Go and train some uh, Japanese rugby players. But uh, my team's the Western Force, so don't train them too well. Yeah, yeah, the Western Force. I, uh, um, hopefully, we see them back in the Super Rugby again, mate. So, no, I think it's all changing, mate. I think there's a new, there's going to be a new competition coming out. Yeah, there will be. I think the old World Twiggy's going to have his World World Rugby. So, yeah, um, be prepared. Yeah, no, it'll be good. Yeah. It'll be good. But, mate, thanks so much for having me on right. the show, and um, uh, I'm, I'm loving listening to your podcast. It's such a privilege to to be on it as well. Thank you. Thanks, Ricky. I appreciate it, man. It's get, and they're getting better. They're getting better. We're getting some good guests. Actually, I just talked to Kari Pierce just just before you, who's a top 10 
top 10 um, CrossFit Games athlete. And, you know, she what what amazed me about her, I asked, she said to me, the reason she is who she is is basically because she's so competitive. And then I said to her, do you think you can teach that to your clients? And she said, you know what? I don't think you can. I think you either got that or you don't. And that was a really powerful, powerful moment, really. Mm, yeah, true. Yeah, well... I think you are. I think you can do a little bit, but yeah, that's no, you've either got it or you haven't. Yeah, isn't that interesting? You're either competitive or you're not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's worth it's worth exploring that a little bit more. All right, man. All the best, Ricky. Cheers, Ben. Thank you so much. See you, mate. I'll uh, I'll be in touch soon. Okay. Cheers. If you want to test your physical and mental toughness? Then get outside and compete in True Grit. It's a military-inspired obstacle race. I know it's legit because I served in Special Forces with the co-founder and managing director, Adam McNamee. And to celebrate our bromance, the good dudes at True Grit have created a discount code for listeners of the podcast. Use the code WARRIORU2019 for 10% off every one of the 2019 events. That's WARRIORU2019. And you get 10% off. Maybe I'll see you out there.